Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to Carson. Welcome into the Broom and Henschke Show here on Wolverine Sports Radio, part of the V-Sporto Network. Apologies for technical difficulties right off the bat. That's what happens when you do it live, and uh, Murphy's Law is popular with you. Uh, here we go. Uh, first time live, your host, Anthony Broom here, Joshua Henschke, both of us from maizeandbrew.com. Joshua, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Uh apologize for my voice. I'm a little, uh, little hoarse. Today uh, went to Cedar Point yesterday, and I'm uh, I'm uh, not very good on the roller coasters, so excuse my uh, hoarseness. I guess if that's what you want to call it. You don't have to brag, man. Oh, sorry. Well, you know, I'm on vacation. I kind of have to enjoy it sometimes and not write about commitments and stuff, you know. Because of course that's true. On, uh, on vacation. That is very true, and there was a commitment today, actually, uh, Keontae Ennis, the three-star running back from uh, Indiana. Uh, he is now a part of the 2016 class. Uh, Michael Onwenu, a few days ago from uh, Cass Tech High School, uh, is now a part of this class, an offensive guard, one of the better ones in the country. We're going to have Steve Lorenz from Wolverine 24-7 on later on in the show, and we're uh, we're going to talk about it. We're going to uh, break it down with him. I know satellite camps are starting up today. Uh, already successful, obviously, with the commitment of Ennis. Um, in this first segment of the show here, before we have an interview with Angelique Shangelis of the Detroit News coming up at 8.15 that you guys will want to hear. Uh, she was down in Oklahoma City covering Michigan softball. 
Uh, she wrote a piece about the satellite camps the other day that we want to talk about. So we'll uh, we'll talk to Angelique and we'll we'll see what we can do from there. Uh, I want to start with this though, Josh. I I think we may have talked about this briefly on our last show, and I forgive you know I, I apologize if we didn't. But did you see David Brandon's new gig? Yes, I I, uh, I did. We we did a good job of uh, of covering that on Maze and Brew. Um, yeah, it's a uh, certainly a uh, interesting uh, new gig for him. That's for sure. Yeah, no, it's. <laughs> Something we want to have fun with since this is live, and, and those of you listening, feel free to get your tweets in. Uh, we'll be taking those throughout the show. Uh, you can actually call us and talk to us here. The call in number is 909 533 8402. We'll have open lines throughout the show. And, uh, you know, whatever whatever you want to chime in and talk about, it's uh, it's fair game. Uh, looks like we already have someone in queue. Uh, let's take this call here. Uh, hello, mystery caller. How are you doing today? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, what's your name and where are you calling from, sir? Uh, this is Alex. I'm calling from Chicago. Uh, how you doing, Alex? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. Hey, first of all, I just want to say, you know, great job on the gig. I um, have some siblings, you know, alumni from Michigan, and, you know, just caught up with you guys on Twitter and stuff and just want to say, you know, great job with uh, with the site. You guys are always providing great content and on Maze and Brew. Well, we appreciate that, for sure. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Got any topics yeah, hey, in mind no you want to talk about, or? Yeah, you know what? Being a being an Illinois guy and coming from someone who's played with Ty Isaac for uh, for a few years in high school on the same offense as him, I just wanted your guys' take on uh, you know expectations and um, you know this will be his first year officially on the field as a Wolverine and um, coming from the West Coast where you know he saw minimal action uh, as a freshman behind Silas Red and and the Trojans. Um, you know, I just wanted your guys' input on you know how you guys think Harbaugh plans on using him and, you know, how much of a factor he can be in that offense for next year. Go ahead, Josh. I'll let you take this one first. Well, um, I think the the running back position as a whole is, is going to be very interesting coming this season. Um, we didn't get to see much of, of Ty Isaac because I think he had a little bit of a, a hamstring injury, if I'm not mistaken, a hamstring or ankle, one of the two. So uh, he didn't really get to participate in the spring game, but – I mean, when you when you look at that running back stable that they've got, uh, you've got a Derek Green, Devion Smith returning, um, Drake Johnson should hopefully be somewhat close to 100% by the time uh, fall rolls around. I think there's a there's a chance for Ty Isaac to, I guess, become the lead back. Um, I mean, I, he'll definitely see the field. I think, you know, we don't exactly know what he can bring because he didn't really, I mean, he showed flashes of it with USC, but we don't really have an idea of what uh, kind of back he he will be. But, I mean, there, there's, I mean, if, if you're if you're Drevno and, and Harbaugh, you're going to give him every single chance in the world to, you know, prove he belongs on the field. I mean, we're talking about a former five-star running back, one of, you know, one of the highest ranking running backs in, in that in that class with with Derek Green. So, I mean, there's there's definitely a possibility. I mean, it's really tough to say where they're going to go with this because we don't really know what's going to happen going forward. I mean, there might be, you know, an injury on the top of the depth chart. There might be a transfer. I'm not saying that there will be one, but you know, you gotta you gotta kind of think about all the uh, possibilities and unknowns, but. I mean, going forward, there's got to be a chance for Ty Isaac. I mean, he's 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 a big big back. I mean, he's he's added weight, uh, added size, and 
you'd have to think that he's going to be implemented somehow into that offense. And, you know, it's pretty much to, up to one of those guys to create a lead back. I mean, they're not necessarily dedicated to it, but they would prefer someone to step up. And if that's Ty Isaac, then great. But, you know, there's there's a lot of competition there. Uh, you know, it, it might be a three- or four-way competition. I mean, you've got Wyatt Shulman also in there as well. So, I don't know. It, it's 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 going to be interesting. Um, but, yeah, like I said, Ty Isaac's definitely got a shot. Josh, I think you pretty, you pretty much summed it up there, Josh. And uh, thanks for the call, Alex. Uh, we appreciate your time. And uh, call in any time. We'll do this again sometime. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, and keep up the great work. No problem. Caller Alex, Thanks, Alex from Chicago. Good good to have a first phone call. It warms our hearts to know someone's listening. Um, I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head with Isaac. Uh, I think of those four guys, assuming it's Green, uh, Smith, uh, maybe Drake Johnson gets back in the mix, Ty Isaac, to me, probably has the best chance to be the lead back because I think he does a lot of things well. And, and maybe not necessarily one thing that sticks out about his game, but he just does a lot of things well, and um, I don't know if you can say that for some of the other running backs on their roster. Well, and you also got to consider who was the coaching staff last season. I mean, we kind of yep. kind of universally known that they can't develop talent, and I don't think Derek Green is a bust in terms of talent. I just think he needs to be coached. I think the offensive line needs to be coached. I think the offensive line needs to create holes. And I think if you've got a guy like Tim Drevno of his pedigree uh, of a coaching style, plus, of course, you've got Jim Harbaugh and all his cast of, of merry men, if you want to call them that. But, yeah, I mean, merry there's men. a lot of a lot of <laughs> – there's a lot of things that need to go to go right. I mean, you know, quarterback play helps the running game. Offensive line helps the running game. These guys can't do it all by themselves. So if if the offensive line can at least be a fraction better than what they were last season, which isn't really saying much. I mean, they they were improved, but I mean, there's a lot of area for improvement. I mean, you got you got guys like Mason Cole who you know had a full true freshman season under his belt. Now you're going to have a full conditioning year under him, and and that that could make a night and day difference for him too. So there's a lot of Again, like I've said, I'm going to repeat this a lot, but there's a lot of opportunities for these guys. I mean, Ty Isaac is not – I don't think he's destined for the bench. I I don't think, you know, he's going to see minimal playing time. I think, you know, Harbaugh will love to – and Wheatley as well will love to kind of, you know, get his opinion out there to kind of mix and match everything until they can find a, a balance of things, I guess. So, um, I, and plus, I wouldn't I – wouldn't, you know, just totally throw away the idea of a Derek Green and, and Devion Smith duo back out there again. I mean, there's definitely chances to grow, and once these guys get coached, you know, anything can happen. I mean, it's 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 a long time until August, and there's also, you know, it's a long season, no matter how, you know, quickly in a span of time. If you put everything in a time capsule, you know, things seem to go by quickly, but, you know, that's a long time in terms of, of you know, practicing every day and all those types of things. So, there's there's a chance. There's definitely a chance. Well, caller Alex chimed in. We appreciate that. You can call in as well, 909-533-8402. Open lines all throughout the show. Whatever you want to hit on, Alex chose to hit on Ty Isaac. Uh, we've been talking recruiting to open the show. Uh, Angelique Changelis is going to join us in a little bit to talk Michigan softball and satellite camps. Uh, and then we'll have Steve Lorenz on at 835. So uh, a lot of stuff going on here. Um 
I want to continue on this recruiting thing really quick. Um, you know, I I'll be honest. I, I we've heard a lot in terms of commit watch over the weekend and stuff like that. And, um, Michigan definitely added that third back to their uh, this class. That it's kind of a diff- He's a bigger guy. I know he's six foot, two hundred pounds, something like that. But he's not like the other guys they have in Kingston Davis and Matt Falcon, where those guys were more, you know, pound the rock type players. Whereas, you know, Ennis is what I know about Ennis. I, it's not a lot of it right now because there's not really that much out on him out there. But he ran for over three thousand yards in his junior year. Uh, he runs a four three five forty. He's a star basketball player at his high school too. So I know what that gives them is a, a different look at the position. Yeah, and. You know, this is exactly what the coaching staff wanted when they had these satellite camps in mind was to obviously land recruits. And, you know, having landing one on the very first day is a good sign, especially because that, you know, that silly narrative out there that Harbaugh is struggling on the recruiting trail, uh, kind of the stench of that was permeating quite a bit. And this week definitely helped that. I mean, he landed a four-star in Michael Onwenu earlier in the week, land one today on, on a Thursday and perhaps there's another one on uh, this weekend. So two of those guys, assuming the, the, the third one lands on Saturday, that'll be two four-star guys and, and a three-star guy. And, and you know, that's it's a good sign going forward. I mean, that's positive momentum. Um, you know, w- will you call this the domino effect? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this this whole summer swarm tour, I mean, it has, has paid off a little bit. I mean, it's the very first day you land a commit and – you know, it's it's. I guess it's it's all positive for Michigan right now. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe they land a, a bigger target that's on their list through these camps. It remains to be seen. But yeah, you gotta like what what uh, Ennis brings to the uh, brings to the table. And we'll find out more of uh, of what the coaching staff views of Ennis and, and want what they want to make him going forward when uh, Steve hops on the show. But yeah, I mean, you, you got to be. At least somewhat somewhat pleased that you know there's having I guess an immediate effect right away with these uh, with these <clears throat> excuse me with this uh, summer camp. Yeah, Josh, I would have to I would tend to agree with that. Um, you know, I like I said I didn't expect this commit to drop today. Uh, I know a lot of people thought pretty highly of Ennis. Um, the staff certainly likes him. Um, a lot of people. Um, figured he'd be a part of this class, but I just I was kind of uh, taken aback by it just because it wasn't something I was preparing to do. But maybe maybe that's on me. But um, you know, it, it was interesting for sure. And, and some people, and we'll ask Steve about this when he's on. Um, some people have actually speculated that Ennis could actually play safety. I haven't necessarily heard that. Um, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about him. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I don't know if you've talked to anyone about that or, or what the scoop is on that. I guess I should know, seeing as I'm the recruiting guy, kind of. But um, I don't know. Have you talked to anyone about him being a safety or, or what have you? Well, I, I think I – I'm not I'm not sure. I think I might have seen somewhere that they might have liked him as an athlete. I and mean, I wouldn't be surprised because Harbaugh loves, you know, these, these low recruiting guys. I mean, take David Reese, for example – a linebacker who's probably viewed as an athlete right now who'll probably later be a fullback. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Harbaugh takes a lot of those kind of guys, those kind of, I wouldn't say under-recruited, but, you know, I guess low-star-ranking guys and that, you know, are, are kind of 
tweeners in terms of, of height and size of, of their position and, and can kind of uh, form them to be whatever he likes them to be, in, or either on the offense or defensive side of the ball. I know he's done that a lot in Stanford. Uh, I think he did that with a quarterback in particular. I think well, like a three-star quarterback, he did it and put him to a uh, corner or something like that. So um, I don't know. We'll we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, like I said, Steve will probably give us the more of the insight going forward. But I would not be shocked at all if he was viewed as a as an athlete at this point. Absolutely. And uh, while we wait for the Angelique Shingelis uh, to join us here. Um, Something else I thought was interesting is that um, at first it had looked like uh, Chris Evans would end up committing to Michigan either later on this week or or this weekend. Now it appears it's going to be stretched out a little bit. Uh, That was as of last night. Things could have changed today. Like I said, I I was in and out throughout the day. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I really don't see how they can add a fourth running back to this class. Do you? I, that's a lot of running backs, considering they still have a couple with eligibility left. I mean, that's a lot, <laughs> a lot of running backs in one class. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that has to open the door for some sort of position changer, or you know, just a kind of a question mark heading into signing day. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're protecting themselves from, you know, the future decommits. I I don't know. I mean. I'm I'm not sure. It's it's interesting that they that they do that because I think their you know needs are, are more necessary elsewhere, particularly at wide receiver for me. But I don't know. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see what they what they do with this. Well, it will be interesting, like most of what Harbaugh and company do. Um, so yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of I don't knows right now. I feel like I should have more answers than I do. I know a lot of people feel the same way. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Um, something I else that I wanted to bring up on this show while we uh, while we wait for the Angelique to come on with us. Um, you had a string of I believe it was you that had a string of tweets about um, Nike versus uh, Adidas and and some of the latest with that. Uh, what's is there an update on that, Josh, or are there you know what what's kind of the hubbub about that right now well angelique uh posted a a uh article today she spoke with uh hackett jim hackett athletic director today during the michigan softball welcome back party and uh i guess i think well pretty much it's most of it's public knowledge but uh wants to make a decision by july 1st um you know he wants excuse me this deal to be the most lucrative uh, want a deal, a apparel deal in the nation. I don't know what lucrative means. Could he mean money, or could he have? Could he mean added incentives? I'm not sure. But he, I think, the most important thing to come out of that was the uh, nickname that he gave the search, which, uh, which means, pro, which is we called it Project Swag, like the Project Unicorn that he uh, named the Jim Harbaugh coaching search, which is interesting to say the least. Um, you know, this is a talk about a guy who just who gets it as an athletic director. You know, project swag. I mean, you can you can pretty much just drop the uh, interim tag from him whenever you please, and you know, and and be done with it. He's, you know, that's 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 a guy that gets it. But really, ideally, at this point, I I don't know if you can add a name like Under Armour into the mix and call it lucrative. I'm I'm really not sure. I think at this point, it's got to be 
Nike versus Adidas. Um, and again, it all comes down to what is lucrative. If, if you're looking for a lucrative offer in terms of money, Adidas offers that. I mean, I don't think anything can come close to Adidas money. I, I think, you know, if Michigan's not the number one under Adidas right now, it certainly will be with their, you know, retinkered offer or whatever else Adidas is throwing in there. And now with Nike, um, I guess if you're talking money, you know, I think I think I saw a, a statistic saying that they're about four million apart between um, Nike's deal and Adidas. What Adidas is paying Michigan now, which again, Nike doesn't really fork out a ton of money to these schools. Uh, I think I think Florida State's the most. Um, I guess they paid the most under Nike, and and it's and it's not very much. So I I don't know. I mean. It's going to be very, very interesting, this this race to the finish, because I don't know where heck it's leaning to this. Because, you know, the term lucrative, what does it mean? I mean, we've got, like I said, you've got money. I mean, this, this definitely, that's definitely a big thing there. Um, you know, Adidas, I mean, the thing with Adidas is that, you know, again, like I said, they'll pay you a ton, but... Do you want to continue representing them? What is Jim Harbaugh about? Does he want these Bumblebee alternatives to continue? Does he want alternate alternate jerseys to continue under night games, under against rivalry games? Does, do they want, I guess, a more historic look? I mean, I don't know. You've you've seen the uh, the blank away jerseys. The the I guess the I don't know if they're they're officially going to be their away jerseys, so plain white jerseys, they're just a prototype, but I don't know. Um, you know, I think in terms of on-field apparel, uh, Nike can offer a lot more uh, with their incentives, and I don't know. I, I just, I think if I think if Michigan would be smart to leave Adidas and go to a Nike, and that's just not some, you know, biased statement. I think Michigan is better off under Nike, and I think their future bodes well with that group. I mean, if if you were to poll uh, a bunch of student athletes in Michigan, I mean, and you make them pick between Nike and Adidas, I think the majority of them, if not all of them, would pick Nike. And I think that's the biggest thing. You know, is wish is Michigan willing to kind of give up a few million? Um, which I guess, in the grand scheme of things, is kind of a drop in the bucket for them. I mean, because considering they just sold out all of their 2015 season tickets, and I guess the waiting list is back, so they'll be kind of just stockpiling all the cash. But I, I don't know. It all just depends on on what. Hackett wants, and and and, and you know, if 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 I think I I know Hackett from just the loose articles I've read, he'll at least take into consideration what the student athletes want, and if you know, and that that, that might weigh heavily on his decision as well. But you know, again, will you go for money? That's that's the thing. I mean, you've got a whole end end selection, I guess, full of full of Nike gear. Um I guess most of them are kind of tailoring to to Jim Harbaugh, I guess, with the maze blue khaki thing. But again, what does what will Nike offer to to kind of compete with what's what's in uh M Den stores right now? That's the thing. It all is going to be all going to be interesting. So again, it's it's a it's an interesting debate and I wish I 
had more information on it, and that's, that's something I think we should try to do on future shows to get someone who has kind of a inside knowledge on this whole um, whole situation because we're nearing that July 1st deadline. I mean, that's, that's coming quick. So, again, what's going to happen? I don't know. It's going to be an interesting finish, and, and I think will people be disappointed that if – if uh, Jim Hackett decides to stick with Adidas, probably. I don't think it's the end of the world. But a lot of people like to argue 2008 was the season that Adidas started, and that's when everything started to go downhill for Michigan. So I guess if we're talking about fresh starts with Jim Harbaugh back, uh, I guess Nike would be the, would be also a good route to go to, too, if you're starting a, uh, a new direction. All right, joining us now on the program to talk a little – Michigan softball and some some satellite camp stuff is uh, Angelique Changelis of the Detroit News. Angelique, how you doing? Well, I'm I'm uh, fresh off of covering the uh, Michigan softball team in the World Series, so I've I've dubbed Michigan now a softball school. Oh, we thought fair. it was a football. We thought it was a football recruiting school. <laughs> <laughs> it's that too, but it's uh, right now. It feels like I mean, there's so much momentum with this softball program and, and the reaction and the response people have had for all the stuff that, uh, that's been written and, and the television ratings have gone, uh, gone really way up. It's been sort of fun to see where this program's going. All right. Well, you were down there at the welcome back party earlier today. How was that? It was really nice. They had about 300 people at alumni field and, uh, the players came off their, their bus. They just come in from Willow Run. They had a charter plane. The first time they've, they've chartered a flight all season. I mean, Hutch was saying later, how I mean, they're basically on the road like 50 days out of the, the season, and, and they're always flying, flying commercial. And it's it's a real it's a drain and a drag for them. So um, they they arrived and and they were greeted with the, the band, the pep band playing the Victors, and uh, then they they showed a really nice video of the whole season on the scoreboard and uh, and. The athletic director, Jim Hackett, was there and, and said really nice things about the program and, and called it a phenomenon in, in Ann Arbor. And Hutch talked and a couple of the players talked, so it was it was a really nice welcome home for them. All right, well, um, we'll get back to softball in a second here. I want to start out with, uh, you wrote in the news the other day, uh, a nice piece about the satellite camps. At face value, it kind of appears the obvious goal is to find talent maybe gain a few commitments as they did earlier today, obviously, mm-hmm. and spread the quote-unquote Michigan brand. Um, in your opinion, what do you think Michigan's goals ultimately are with this camp? I, I think it's that. I, I think it, it, it's exactly what you said. I think it's to spread the brand, which, honestly, covering this team for as long as I have, I, I almost find that shocking to be saying that because you think Michigan football is you – know, you don't need to do anything extra to spread that brand. But I, I think that Harbaugh recognizes that because the seasons have been have been pretty um, dismal for the most part the last few years, he has to do something. I think that's why he's generated so much on Twitter and, and why he's out there all the time. And I think this is an extension of it, but it also it pays off in the recruiting side of things. And and will they get you know a boatload of recruits? I don't think so, but they're going to pick up a couple guys and, and and maybe they'll see somebody they didn't know about it and they'll make connections that they didn't have before. And I think that's what this is all about. And, um, you know, I also wrote that it starts at home, Detroit. And and I, it, he and his staff went to Detroit about a week or so ago and, and met with all the high school coaches. And, and Rich had done it. Rich Rodriguez had done that his first year. Brady Hope had done it. And there was a really great response from the Detroit coaches I talked to. 
and and liked what he was saying, that, that Harbaugh was saying he's going to be around and he wants the Detroit kids to be part of the Michigan program in, in a big way and, um, you know, wants to get a stronghold in the city. But you can't just recruit Michigan, obviously. So these camps, I think, are important to be in Texas, to be in California, to be in Florida and Indianapolis, uh, the first camp. And, and why not? I mean, I don't think it can hurt. I don't, I, not at all, and it's it certainly stirred the pot nationally, and that's been sort of fun to, to see also. Well, I wanted to uh, switch over to Michigan softball. Um, obviously, them falling, falling just short of national championship. You know, does this kind of run uh, something that the fan base needed? You know, obviously, there's there's been so much, I guess, negativity surrounding Michigan, especially from the football side of things. Um, do you think this is what the fans needed, and do you think this this kind of opened the door to a brand new set of fans as well? I do. I think that, and I, and I really did kind of wonder. You know, when we started covering it in the uh, in the regionals in Ann Arbor and then the super regionals, wow. You know, there's I, I've covered softball in the past in the in the, in the postseason, and this just seems a little bit more enthusiastic, and maybe because the team was clearly there was something special brewing. With, with this softball team, but I do think that the Michigan fan base has been starved in a sense for something like this. It was a shot in the arm, and and certainly, you know, I, clearly the Michigan fan base got that when when Harbaugh was hired. But this was something more tangible. It's on the field. They're playing games, and they're ranked third in the country, and, and now they're making a march to a national chi- title legitimately. And and I do think just based on the the social media response and and Hutch. Carol Hutchins talking about it today about how her phone blew up just from all the text messages. And, and I do think it's something that the program that the fans needed. And, and it did, it's, it's sort of like snowballing from the Harbaugh hire to this. And, um, yeah, I think it, it bodes well for the future of, of Michigan softball. And it certainly, I think just uh, for a change, there's a sense of, of goodwill among the Michigan fan base. We're talking to Angelique Shangalis from the Detroit News, and um, I guess my my second question is, you know, um, softball's always been kind of a, I don't know how to exactly put it, a, a unique viewing experience, not just on television, but also in person as well. You know, how would you describe that atmosphere in Oklahoma? Uh, it just seems, you know, we're seeing obviously record numbers of people there uh, in attendance, but you know, it just seemed to be just, you know, an, a, a crazy atmosphere. It is. And, you know, it's, it, it is a fast game. I, I think, the, you know, the second game two of the World Series, the Michigan-Florida Series, was uh, an hour and 33 minutes. Wow. And, you know, <laughs> we, we talk about, uh, you know, the short attention span these days and, you know, how hard it is. And we talk about Major League Baseball. You've got to shorten the games. What are you going to do? This game – Really, you know, just for pure viewership, I think it's perfect. I mean, two hours, you get a lot of excitement typically, and, you know, the, 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 the athletes are very fun. I mean, they really have a good time. I've covered women's athletics from the beginning. I covered Tennessee women's basketball, and, and there's always – the atmosphere is always so much different because, for the most part, they don't have much of a professional future in the in this – whatever sport it is they're playing. So they take it to heart differently than, than say, uh, I don't want to say that, that a football player or a men's basketball player takes it differently, but there's just this pure sense of the college rah-rah spirit. And I think that's what people find appealing. And what I have seen uh, change from, you know, the early days when I was covering women's basketball is it used to be 
older people and kids going to the games. Now it's, I mean, there was a mix of men and women and, and families. And I mean, just, you know, it was across the board. And I think ESPN was trying to, they're trying to really go across their different platforms and attract the baseball audience. They had Kurt Schilling come in and work the, uh, the three-game series. I happened to see him on my flight back, and he had a great time. I mean, he, he loved the game. He loves the game of softball. His daughter plays it. And I think that ESPN feels like if they can get that kind of voice, who loves the guy who loves the game, maybe he can bring in more male viewers. And, you know, I think it's, it, it was an experiment worth making. And uh, you see it in the stands and, and definitely in the television ratings that the, the sport is appealing. Okay, at Michigan, you've got guys like, obviously, Jim Harbaugh is kind of, uh, he's a rock star, to, to put it, mm-hmm. you know, that's how it is right now, and, and John Beeline and Red Berenson, all great coaches. Is Carol Hutchins the best coach Michigan has on campus right now? If you look at sustained success kind of throughout her entire coaching career, no one comes close. Oh, I mean, I, I, you couldn't be further, I, I mean, not further from the truth. You are spot on with the truth. I think she is the best coach. She is uh, she talks a lot about what Bo preached, and and she's got that Bo, and she really believes it. You know, she she takes that the team, the team, the team to heart, and she talks about it a lot. And it's interesting. I talked to Jim Hackett today, and and you know, he said it's those one name coaches. It's it's Woody, it's Bo, and it's Hutch, and he put her name, you know, in that company. And and I think deservedly so. I mean, she's in there 31 seasons. This was their 11th World Series. They've won a national championship. They were on the verge of winning a second national championship, and they're a, they're a cold weather team. And you know the others, the other seven teams in the World Series were were warm weather teams where you can play softball, baseball year round. So I, I think working with with some of the obstacles she has in that sense, and and just the recruiting base she has built. I mean, it's you know I, I think it's hard to argue that that Hutch is. Uh, I think she's the best coach at Michigan right now. All right, Angelique. So where's where are you going next? Are you going on the satellite camp tour? Is that uh, <laughs> is that in the cards for you? Summer Swarm <laughs> tour. You know what? I will probably. I was going to Indianapolis today. That was my plan before we knew I was going to the World Series, and we sent uh, Rod Beard there for the Detroit News. So uh, I'm going to do a little other things these next week this next week and then i will go to the sound mind sound body camp i've done that the last several years and they've got a you know it's it's a great it's a fun camp to go to because it's in the detroit area and they get all these great coaches i mean urban meyer will be there um brian kelly is supposed to speak uh, obviously uh harbaugh and D'Antonio will be there so uh, i look i really do enjoy that camp and and being there so that that's next, and uh, probably a NASCAR race at MIS. That's probably All in right. the future too. Yeah, Mark D'Antonio is the Grand Marshal. I know you won't miss. Is it. he? Yeah. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I need to get out there one of these days. Well, me and Josh will be at Soundmind Sabari too. Uh, hopefully, we uh, I'm sure we'll run into you out there. You won't snub me, right? You won't ignore me. Right? Oh no, so we won't. We're, we won't be too Hollywood. No, we won't big time in this league. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Angelique Changelis of the Detroit Free Press. Uh, we appreciate you nope, coming Detroit on and, and giving us. Oh Detroit my God! News. I'm oh, sorry, Anthony, you're fired. Okay. News. I, both now, both, now both very good publications. My, oh God, no! You're going to Hollywood us is what's going to yeah, happen. Talk about snubbing us, exactly and then you right. mentioned the competitor. Way to go! I'm yeah. sorry. It's been a long day. I'm sorry. 
Let's try that again. Right. Of the Detroit News. Uh, thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time. Uh, we'll do it again sometime. Hopefully. Uh, oh no, I don't think so. Not now. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, no, I look forward to it. I look forward oh. to it. All right, thanks, Angelique. <laughs> All right, my pleasure. I don't think Angelique likes me anymore, Josh. Or I no. don't. I don't think so. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll find out uh, during the Sound Mind Sound Body Camp. That's for sure. That's right. Like we said, uh, Mason Brew will be well represented there. I will be there. Uh, Joshua will be there, and uh, Ricky Lindsay coming out there with us too. That should be a good time. Yeah, yeah. The newbie. The newbie. We got to break him in. So. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we had uh, some time that we used up earlier in the show, so we're gonna move right along to our next guest. He is uh, the recruiting head honcho, I guess you could say, over at. Wolverine 24-7, it is Steve Lorenz joining us on the program now. Steve, what's up, man? Hey, what's going Wait, 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 can you guys hold on a second? I had to, what, okay, I had to, I had to turn down my, my Jay-Z. Um, sorry about that. I've been listening to Jay-Z all day today, so I had, to, I had to turn that down real quick, so I, I apologize for that. Um, oh, okay. So, what, yeah, what's going on, guys? Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, not anything going on on the recruiting trail right now, is there? It's dead, you know. Yeah, it's uh today was fun. Um, you know, I think going into June, I think most of us know that June is going to be a a pretty big month for Michigan. Not only because of the satellite camps. I mean, the satellite camps are getting a lot of attention, obviously as they should. But uh, you know, there's a lot of big visitors coming onto campus after the camps are done and. Uh, you know, they have their own camp, too, uh, to worry about. So, yeah, I mean, June's going to be – that's going to be fun. You know, it's kind of a slow May for Michigan. Uh, I think June's going to be uh, probably the opposite. All right, well, I want to I start out with this. Uh, we're going to start with satellite camps here. We'll get into the commits uh, in a minute here. Uh, you know, what, at the end of the day, is – what do you think is the main goal here? I mean, there's always – uh, there's the branding thing. Obviously, you want to see that payoff with commitments and what have you. But uh, you know what? What would be a successful summer swarm tour for Michigan? You know, it's it's, it's the funny thing is to me there's uh, a multitude of benefits. It's kind of hard actually to point at one certain thing as maybe being the one main one. I, I, the two that I always kind of think of are, are are one. You know, there's a lot of big name guys in the 16 class that Michigan is is in pretty good shape for right now. Uh, uh, in national areas, uh, just to name a few, not all of them, but guys like Caleb Kelly, Dontavious Jackson, uh, David Long out in L.A. I mean, these are guys in different areas of the country that, that Michigan is has done a great job with early, uh, would like to get, you know, obviously to, to join the class at some point. Um, this period of time right now oftentimes is, is the period where the local programs start to take more of a stranglehold with these kids in terms of, uh, you know, like if you're Dontavious Jackson, uh, A&M is right there. Texas is right there. Oklahoma is right there. It's not too far for him and his family to get in a car and drive up there for the day. Uh, not You can't say the same thing as far as going to Ann Arbor. So what Michigan is doing through these satellite camps is, you know, they're, they're bringing Michigan to these kids. And I think it's sort of creating a bridge in between the winter session, which, you know, fortunately, Michigan actually, this staff has done a great job of getting some of those long-distance guys on campus, which is part of the reason why they're in so many of these races. But it is it is building a bridge in between 
uh, you know, the, the winter and the fall, you know, for official visit season when they don't have to pay their way to get there. So to go see these kids, work with them, meet their families, I know they really can't interact a ton, uh, but just the families even being able to be there uh, is very beneficial for, for both the families, the prospects, and, and the coaching staff, obviously. Uh, the second thing I kind of point towards, it is that branding. Uh, it is building Michigan's name. It's high school coaches getting to be there, see these guys work in action, see what they're capable of. Uh, I know when Michigan, when they're on the trail, uh, they've been pointing to their, I think it's like, I think it's 83, I may be wrong, but 83 combined years of experience playing and coaching in the NFL. Um, that's been one of the big pitches they've been making to recruits and their families so far. Uh, on the trail, so uh, to get to for them to get to see that in action, uh, I think is a really big benefit. I mean, I, I think you know part of the reason why Harbaugh did the exposure you thing in terms of you know you, anybody can come onto our campus and coach our camp is because I really think that he believes that if you stacked everybody side by side, that they you know they believe that they have the best coaching staff in the country. Now, whether that plays out on the field or not, we don't know yet. They haven't coached a game, but I think that's what they believe. All right, Keontae Ennis, Michigan's newest commit. That dropped earlier today. Um, Joshua, and I, Joshua and I were both kind of surprised that uh, I guess we really shouldn't have been that, that that dropped today. Take us through the timeline of his recruitment and kind of what he brings to the Wolverines. Well, his you know his recruitment turned into a Michigan-Michigan State battle uh, after he got offered. He got offered by Michigan a couple weeks ago. Michigan State offered him soon thereafter. Uh, at that point, it pretty much uh, turned into a battle between the two schools. We visited both campuses. Our information immediately, uh, you know, signaled that the Wolverines did a better job on the visit than, than Michigan State. Um, this is definitely a win for Michigan over Michigan State. Now, Michigan State's done a, a hell of a job on the recruiting trail in 2016. Probably going to continue in the next week with Josh King, Austin Robertson, Naquan Jones all committing, potentially committing to the Spartans. Uh, but this is a this is a recruitment where both schools really wanted him. Uh, I know it was a little bit late. I know it's you know it's still a ways away till National Signing Day, but it's a little late in the process for schools like Michigan, Michigan State to offer a kid and then like him as much as both schools liked him. Um, what he brings to the table is this athleticism. I mean, he's pretty much a pure athlete according to the staff. Uh, I could see him playing safety. I could see him playing running back. Uh, I could even see him. I don't think he would play wide receiver. I think it'll be either running back or safety. Uh, you know, he ran. I, I think it was a laser timed ten five three. Um, I don't know when that was. It was a few months ago. I want to say. Now, that number was a little bit of an outlier compared to his more consistent numbers, but it does show, you know, that he this guy is fast as hell. Uh, he can run. He, he can do pretty much. He's kind of a um, how do I put it? You know, when these kids come to campus, they're like Plato. Um, he's athletically cut above most prospects in the country, and I think he's a guy that staff looks at. They feel like they can turn him into, a, into an excellent football player at Michigan. All right, Michael Onwenu, the commit from earlier this week, uh, really good offensive lineman. A lot of people see him sticking at guard. Uh, others have recruited him as a defensive tackle. We think he'll stick on the offensive line at Michigan. Uh, my question about him, is this kind of the first step in Michigan taking back the Cast Tech pipeline? Um, 
I don't know. I mean, with, with Cast Tech, I mean, it's gotten to the point where they, they are producing so many Division One kids that it's kind of hard for Michigan to get every one of them. I think that's been one of the uh, great things for Coach Wilcher and, and the guys at Cast Tech is that um, it's not just one or two guys coming out every year. Uh, you know, they've kind of been doing it for a while, but now they're starting to consistently produce top-tier Big Ten guys. I mean, the kid, Demetric Vance, just committed to Michigan State. Uh, he's a great player in the defensive backfield. I mean, that was a great pickup for Michigan State. Um, you know, you got Donovan People Jones coming up, who's, I think, we think, I think most of us at 24 7 and most around the country think he's probably one of the best in state prospects in years. I mean, people talk about Tyrone Wheatley. Uh, names like that. I mean, Peebles Jones is going to have offers from every school in the country. Uh, it's not going to be an easy battle for anybody. Um, you know, I think Cast Tech's a place where Michigan's always going to have a good shot. And has that changed a little bit in terms of maybe they're not going to get every guy? Yes, but I don't necessarily look at that as a negative. Um, you know, there's just there's just so many guys. I mean, there's probably eight or nine D1 players on their roster right now. Uh, you're not going to get all of them. Um, when it was a very important piece for them, though. Uh, they loved him immediately. Drevno's been on him like crazy uh, since they offered. They love him at guard. I love him at guard. We've seen him twice in the last month. Uh, he's 360, but carries it like he's 320. Uh, Stonewall up front. I know he struggled a little bit in Columbus at the NFTC, but he was dominant in Chicago. Uh, Stone Austin Robertson, defensive end, who's about 110 pounds lighter actually played tackle and stoned him a couple times. Very impressive. Uh, Michigan fans will be happy with, with what they eventually get out of him. How important is it for Michigan, to, or, or really just Michigan, Michigan State, you can throw the Mac schools in there too. Um, how important is, is it for them to keep the players like the Michael Onwenus and the Donovan Peoples-Jones? How, how important is it for them to keep them in state? I mean, it's always, you always want to, you always want to keep, you know, the best players in state, you know, around. You know, sometimes it depends on the – it really does sometimes depend on the strength of the class. I think 16 and 17 are both very strong in-state classes compared to normal. So you're going to see, you know, those schools kind of ramp up their efforts to keep those guys in there. Sometimes it's not always that way. You know, sometimes you might see schools reach out a little bit more. I know Michigan State's been – you know, taking more of a national approach, you know, they've been winning a lot more. They've strung together some nice success so they can go out a little bit further and, and get some guys from some different areas. I think I've always been of the school. I think it's class dependent. Uh, as long as you have a good relationship with the programs uh, in the state, the top programs in the state and, and wherever, uh, different regions and stuff, uh, as long as you keep those relationships solid, uh, if there's a player you want, you know, then you're going to have a good chance to get them. I guess that's kind of the way I've always approached it. So it's one of those things where, yeah, there's always going to be guys that are the top guys in the state that you want to try to keep home. Um, but it's also sort of a, you know, pick and choose depending on how deep the class is and, and uh, you know, what positions you want to fill, that type of stuff. All right, we're going to get you here or out of here on this, Steve. Um Sure. Is it going to be a busy summer of commitments, or will there be a few here and there, and then things will start blowing up in the fall and then leading up to National Signing Day? Um, I, I No, June's going to be a good month for them. Uh, you know, I know Jonathan Jones, the kid out of Orlando, will be on campus in a few weeks. I think there's a possibility there. 
Uh, Chris Evans is still deciding on Saturday. It would be a very big surprise if he didn't commit to Michigan. Uh, you know, even a guy like uh, Devin Bush is going to be on campus in a couple weeks again. I know a lot of people think he's a lock to go to Florida State because of he's a legacy and, and all that stuff. But I actually have kind of long thought that Michigan's in a pretty decent spot with him. I won't quite put the crystal ball on him just for that same reason. He is a Florida State legacy. It's kind of just one of those things where you – uh, you want to believe it when you see it type thing. But I do think Michigan's right in the thick of that race, and I know he wants to enroll early, so I don't anticipate him maybe dragging it out too long. Um, you know, we have a thread on our board with the over-under commitments was five and a half, kind of people have been messing around guessing. I do think there's a possibility it's the over. Now, whether that's a combination of 17 and 16s remains to be seen. Uh, but I do think there's a decent chance between the satellites, which they may not be done in the satellites. And what I've always, what I've been telling our readers is, uh, it, it it's not really a matter. We don't really know who right now, uh, but with all the different kids that they've offered that are going to be on campus, and I'll have previews up every day, free previews up every day on the site uh, for people to check out. Um, but with all the different offered players they have at these camps that are going to be there, especially in Houston, Dallas, LA, uh, even Fresno. I do think there's a possibility they get a couple more guys before these camps are over. Um, but June should be big. And then after that, then it'll be sort of a situation where there's only so many spots left to, to, to take. And most of those guys will be elite guys that are going to, you know, drag it out and take the officials, you know, end the process somewhere around signing day, which, you know, Michigan's success there may end up hinging somewhat upon how they do on the field this season. It's kind of the best way to approach it. All right, Steve Lorenz, Wolverine247.com. You can follow him on Twitter, at TremendousUM. Steve, thanks for giving us a few minutes of your time. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem, guys. Back to uh, back to some craft beer and, and finish the rest of this Jay-Z album. Appreciate it, guys. All right. Which album, which album are you rolling with today? Uh, you know, I mean, I just love Jay-Z and craft beer so much that I've pretty much just been listening to it and drinking all day, so... Um, you know, I don't know. I might just go right back to the beginning and, and get with some reasonable doubt here and uh, finish it out strong before I uh, hit the sack and get ready for the Prattville camp tomorrow. All right. Well, Steve, we appreciate your time. You come on any time, my friend. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Steve Lorenz for joining us. <laughs> Steve's oh, awesome, that isn't guy he? never fails to crack me up. That's your Clash of Clans, oh, man, buddy, isn't it? Great. I know it is. That's that's. We talked a lot of Clash of Clans during that uh, rain delayed Utah game. Oh man, it was uh, it was fun. That was the uh, that was the day that Dave Brandon airdropped Chobani yogurt to the press box, right? Little parachutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that was oh, that was ridiculous. What a day. All right. Uh, we got about nine minutes left in the show. Uh, we're gonna open up the phone lines. You can call us at nine oh nine. Five three three eight four zero two. Any Michigan-related topic that's on your mind, or if you just want to say hi and talk, it's completely up to you. It's it's that time of the show. Uh, be sure to tweet at us as well. Uh, I want to wrap up something that Steve said really quick because he he's he went as far as to say that he would be shocked if Chris Evans didn't pick Michigan. So that would give them four running backs. So who knows, man? I, like I said, it's it's pretty unpredictable. Uh, something that Michigan needs on the roster is playmaking, home run hitting ability. They don't really have a whole lot of that, and, and Chris Evans and Keontae Ennis give them that. Now, 
time would time will tell how long it would take those guys for, to produce, but it's a need on the roster that that seemingly would be filled. Yeah, and you know the thing that's that's similar to both Chris Evans and Keontae Ennis is that they're both track stars, uh, and they're both very good track stars at that too. So. You know, are are they looking for little speedy? Well, I guess I wouldn't call Ennis little, but uh, speedy guys that can you know break out quick and and you know get from point A to to point B in, in no time at all, or are they trying to convert those speedsters to different positions? That's that's I don't know. I mean, that's that's going to be interesting. I mean, four running backs, whether that sticks or not, I don't know. I mean, I think personally, I think tomorrow's camp. Uh, in Prattville will be will be absolutely huge, especially when talking to uh, to uh, Kings talking about Kingston Davis. I mean, that either is going to cement his, I guess, status as a commit, or you know, will it force him to look elsewhere? I don't know, but you know, it's definitely going to help with him and keeping him too, and and um, hopefully, you know, not adding too many running backs is going to make another one kind of think about going elsewhere. You know, but. I don't know. That's that's a uh, that's a crowded pack for sure. Yeah, and like we'll see. Um, a lot of people are worried that maybe Kingston Davis now that he's sort of blowing up since um, he committed to Michigan. All of the SEC schools seemingly are interested in him. A uh, kid from, like you said, Prattville, Alabama. That's where 2015 signee Keith Washington is from. Um, it'll be interesting to see if they hold on to him. I think they will, um, with Washington being there and. Um, Harbaugh kind of being first in line to him for him and, and having the satellite camp in his hometown. Uh, I don't see how he how he would end up dropping out of that. So um, I, I, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, I guess I guess four running backs is a possibility now, according to Steve. I'll take his word for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we did have a did have a Twitter question that kind of coincides with what. Steve was talking about. You know, this is from uh, Al America. Hell yes, that's a great Twitter name, sir. Uh, how realistic of a shot do they have with Bush Jr.? And by the sounds of it, it looks like Michigan has a pretty surprisingly decent shot, considering Bush is a, uh, a Florida State legacy. Um, you know, he didn't say that he was going to go as far as and put a crystal ball in for Michigan, but. You know, he's been on campus before, and if I'm not mistaken, he made that, well, he brought up the idea of the Fab 25, um, uh, that hashtag. So it looks like there's a pretty darn good chance that, you know, that they can add Bush to this class. I wouldn't necessarily call it a guarantee, but, you know, that's that's it's certainly um, looking like it's going to be a good shot. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he is a Florida State legacy says to me that the fact that Michigan is still in consideration kind of speaks volumes about their chances here. I won't go as far as to say that they're the favorite or um, that at the end of the day he'll end up in Ann Arbor, but uh, anytime you're going up against not only a legacy commit, but, you know, for a program that's, you know, that's been to the national title game, uh, they won it a few years ago, they were in the playoff last year, and um, just fantastic on the recruiting trail what what Jimbo Fisher's been able to do so um you know it, it is impressive and we'll see what happens um I find it interesting that um that could be something that comes down this month he he took the over on five and a half I'm kind of surprised by that yeah I mean as 
you know, with, 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 with both going back to Devin Bush too, um, you know, getting him on campus early was was huge too. I mean, they did a really good job of of getting him to campus quickly, and I think that really helped them out a lot. So it's going to be an interesting finish because there's, I mean, like Steve said, there's going to be a lot of guys there that can kind of that are going to wait it out a little bit, and closer they get to signing day. But yeah, I mean, there's there's a chance that. Michigan could end up with a, a very good recruiting class. I wouldn't say the best recruiting class. You know, I think Ohio State is doing their job on the on the recruiting trail. Michigan State is is doing a fantastic job, but you know, they, they got to be up there by the time it's, it's all said and done. If they land who they who you know they think they're going to land, I think it's going to be a good finish. Absolutely, it should be. Uh, I don't know if I'll I'll say top ten, but. I don't think top 15 is out of the question. I mean, it all kind of depends on depends on numbers. Uh, you know, we've heard anywhere from 19 to 25 commits in the class. Now, it's probably going to be closer to the 25. We'll see what happens. There's been attrition there. There will likely be more attrition to come out of this. So um, we'll see what happens with the numbers. Uh, the reason I don't we're, we're not seeing a lot of commits is that a lot of their top prospects have longer timelines, you know, you're not going to hear anything from Rashawn Gary until probably close to National Signing Day, barring uh, anything unforeseen. I know anytime there's a, a commit watch or a secret commit, it, it cracks me up to go on my timeline and be like, oh my God, Gary's dropping today. No, it's you know, guys, <laughs> guys like that are going to stretch it out because they have everyone in the country uh, coming after them, and um, that's just kind of the way it is. Uh, we've got some Twitter questions here. Uh, David Mormino, my former co-host, uh, Fellow uh, fellow partner in crime on these shows uh, says, can't call in because I'm at work, but does Jim Harbaugh's hiring hurt or help Jared Leto in his role as the Joker? Asking for a friend. I, I don't know. I think the Joker and Jim Harbaugh are, are two completely different levels of crazy. Um, yeah, uh, that's... I, I don't. Have you seen pictures of Jared Leto's Joker, by the way? I have. I'm not exactly impressed with it. No, I mean he looks like uh I don't know, it's just weird. He's got like the the silver front or whatever the uh the, the gold not gold teeth, but like the silver teeth. He's got face tattoos. Uh yeah, I don't know. I mean Jared Leto's a phenomenal actor. I and it's Batman related, so I'll see it and and I'll love it no matter what, but uh we'll see what happens. I I don't know. I I'm very skeptical about uh the whole reboot of Batman and Superman. I I will watch it probably a few times, and the movie will do well because I'll pay top dollar to go see it several times. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, those are two very different levels of crazy. Okay, Josh, great yeah. analysis on Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we have a, a phone call we're going to take here real quick. Uh, give us just a second, and we'll bring it up. Hello, caller. Hello. You're on the air. This is Mark the Nomad. Oh, my God. Mark the Nomad. We, you've got How are you, 30 seconds. I have a quick question for you. Oh. We, have about, we have about like 40 seconds left till this thing closes out. Are you going to Did get cut you off? The, it will cut us off. So we'll, you'll definitely have to call in next time. But I have a quick question. Satellite Camp Tour is coming to your neck of the woods. Are you going to get the Harbaugh tattoo autographed by Harbaugh? I so want to. I want to really bad. 
I sent out a message to Coach in the Twitter sphere. I got stonewalled. I feel like I've done my part, so if you want to send your fans and the roving pack of misfits out there to get a hold of him or his son and say, hey, there's this weirdo creep guy who wants you to sign a tattoo of your face on his arm from Stay by the Bell, I feel like I've, I've done all I can do. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, thanks, Mark, for calling in. Should have done it sooner, man. Uh, I'm sorry. Follow us, on, <laughs> follow us on Twitter at GoBlueRadio. Uh, Joshua on Twitter at Joshua Henschke. Myself at Anthony T. Broom. Check out the shows at WolverineSportsRadio.com. That's going to do it for us today. We'll, uh, we'll see you again next time.